Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, praise God. Well, welcome back to Wisdom and Stuff podcast. Um, we are getting in this week to the uh, area of belief. I love to teach on belief. I love the principle of belief. I believe that it is one of the obviously most crucial things that we can learn to employ in the kingdom of God. Without belief, we are limited to our past. With belief, all things are possible to us, praise God. But... Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, we've been going through this uh, for the last, I don't know, few days, I guess, and today I want to get into, um, uh, I, I think it's, it's pretty important, everything is important, obviously, to me anyway it is, uh, whether or not you think so, that's up to you, but when we're talking about belief, we've been getting into, last time we got into the fact that, that belief was a choice and not a conclusion, I just I encourage you, if you haven't heard some of the other teachings on this uh, you know, earlier in the week, um, just encourage you to jump in and, and um, partake of those just so you have a foundation of where we're at with this. But uh, we were talking about how belief was a it, it is a choice and not a conclusion. And uh, this is, I, I think, one of the most important things we can understand about belief. Because when I talk to people about belief, a lot of times people will be like, oh yeah, I totally, I totally believe that. I'm like, mm, I don't think you do. I think you want to believe it. I I, th- I think you 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 want to know that it's true or you think it should be true, but belief is something way more solid than that. Uh, belief is something that ties us to the impossible. It literally um, elevates us out of the natural realm of possibility into the supernatural impossibility. And it's not a big magical thing. Belief is a choice. Belief is tied to our will. So belief isn't some big, giant, super spiritual thing that you have to know the Greek and the Hebrew for, that you have to understand what Eastern, you know, uh, you know, mentality was when when Jewish people wrote the Bible. You don't have to know any of that. You just have to understand a childlike faith of belief, of simply choosing to establish something as true or not true. That's all belief is. Belief is establishing what is true and what is not true in our minds. So, but it comes from our heart where we actually make a purposeful uh, um, choice to say, I am choosing to say that that is true versus the opposite. And that's the one thing that I that I found in my life that I, I can't play games. I can't play games with my soul. Um, and what I mean by that is, is, is my soul will ask too many questions. My soul will want too much inf- evidence. My soul will want to play the games of regret and condemnation and, and, and questioning what about this and what about that and what about the other thing. My soul is, is constantly running in, in cycles of conclusions and cycles of theories and cycles of, of blame and cycles of trying to get to the root of something. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with some of those things as far as getting to the root of something. You don't want to repeat a cycle in your life, you know, so you want to deal with what the root of something is. And that's all fine. But man, I can't play games with my mind. I can't play games with my soul. I simply have to believe. And 
And and many times though we'll we'll be like, well, what about this and what about that? Well, if I choose to believe it, then it's settled. Truth is settled when I choose to believe that something is true. And when I do that, then I know that the opposite of that is a lie. And so if I believe that that the word of God is true in any given subject, then the opposite of that is a lie. And and uh, you know the the biggest thing that I have to choose to believe is what the Bible says about me that I'm a child of God that I am one. One spirit with the Lord. And so if if something comes up on the inside of me, a perception or something comes up and says that I'm separated from God, I have to say, no, that's a lie. And I have to treat that lie. I don't have to argue with lies. I don't have to I don't have to defend my position against lies. I don't have to arm wrestle lies in my mind. I simply have to acknowledge them as a lie and move on. And I have to treat them like any other lie. Uh, you know, I, I used to tell people this, it'd be like, well, you know, if, if somebody came up to you and, and said, hey, you're a bicycle, and, uh, you know, would you argue with that position? Would you spend the next, you know, five or six days finding proof that you're not a bicycle and, and doing all these things and, and, and going back and looking at your family tree and seeing if anybody else in your family was a bicycle or, you know, getting your DNA tested to make sure you're not a bicycle? You know, would you do that? No, you would think it absurd because you know it's a lie. It's just an absurdity. It has nothing to do with your identity. And even if you had a thousand people in a day's period, you know, come to you for every second and say, you're a bicycle, you're a bicycle, you're a bicycle, you're a bicycle, and you have a thousand people tell you you're a bicycle, you could dismiss that pretty easily a thousand times because you're not a bicycle. You know you're a human being. And so we have to treat the lies of the enemy the same way as how absurd that lie is. There's no there's no variation of lie. It's either a truth or a lie. And if it's a lie, that's absurd to us. If it's a lie, it has nothing to do with us. If it's a lie, we need to dismiss it as easily as we do somebody saying that we're a bicycle. Uh, but the problem is the mind likes to play games with those things. And this is what the devil has used ever since Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden, when he's like, well, did God really say that? Oh, no, he didn't mean it that way. He meant it this way instead. Nope, you can't play games with that. You know, the, 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 in Adam and Eve, with, with, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, when, when, the, when the snake began to talk to them, when he began to talk to them, the, the, the error they made was having a discussion with them, with, with that deceitful, subtle snake, instead of going right to God and asking God about the problem. Asking God about it. Instead of having a discussion with the snake, the moment you start talking to the snake is the moment you're already in error. The moment you're talking to the snake is the moment you're so deceived that you're already engaging with a lie. Uh, you know, there is no truth in him. There's no truth in the devil. He is a liar and the father of it, and he doesn't know any truth at all, Jesus said. And so the moment that I begin to even engage with some kind of thought that doesn't sound like God, I'm engaging with deception. And so what I have to do is I have to be quick to say, you know what? Uh, you know, my mind just told me this, or the circumstance told me this, or this person just told me this, or or something in me told me this. Let me go to God. Let me go to truth. Let me go to to, to what God says about this, because he is truth, and in him he cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And so he only knows truth, and in him it was dark, there's no darkness at all. And so I have to go to God first. Otherwise, I am, I'm literally engaging with and fellowshipping with deception, and when I fellowship with that, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, either go, uh, you know, partly or all the way into deception. And, uh, and we don't want any part of that. So, 
Uh, but when we're talking about belief, belief establishes that truth, and it, it's so um, cut and dry that it says this is the truth, and anything contrary to it is a lie. It doesn't mean that you know uh, somebody else who has the word and is and is is growing in the word, they might have a different perspective, and it might be able to be added to what you're doing. So, in other words, we all know in part. So, uh, just because God gives me revelation about a certain part of the word. When somebody else comes along and they have a different part of that word or or a different revelation, I can see how it fits in with mine. And uh, and and now if if it's totally contrary to the rest of the Bible, then I need to dismiss things, uh, not judge them, but just 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 you know I, I test the spirits, I, I I go through the word, and I make sure that that whatever I'm supposed to be keeping, I'm keeping, I'm hold fast that which is good. Uh, but if it's something that is is a different perspective and a different revelation, then I want to see if it can add to what I have because I know in part and I want to know more. So um, so like I said, we don't we don't cut people out just because we have revelation of something, but we also don't allow our souls or the enemy uh, to try to get us to dilute the word down with experiences and stuff. So anyway, um, with that, though, let's get into to, uh, one of the aspects I wanted to get into when it comes to belief. And um, and this, I mean, I'm going to pull this out of Mark chapter 5, and this is the account where Jai- Jairus, who's a ruler, ruler of the synagogue, his daughter is on her deathbed, he goes to Jesus. And Jesus says that he's going to come and heal her. And so on their way to Jairus' house, this is when the woman with the issue of blood comes up and gets healed. But uh, right after that, uh, somebody comes from Jairus' house and tells Jairus that his daughter is dead. And uh, this is where we're going to pick it up here in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 35. It says, While he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he says to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And so notice what he does here. He 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 tells Jairus, he hears the word that's spoken, and you see, Jesus knows the power of words. And so he knows that this word that, that Jairus is just hearing, he, that he knows that this word is trying to, to throw Jairus off of his belief. Jairus believed that Jesus would come and heal his daughter. Jairus believed that since Jesus was with him, then his daughter was going to be okay. That's what he believed. Okay, but then words came. And... And, and when words come, we Jesus is quick. It says immediately, as soon as Jesus heard the word, he spoke something else. And this is so important that we understand. Jesus didn't pray for Jairus right then. He spoke something. He said, do not be, don't, he says, do not be afraid, but only believe. He's telling Jairus, your power to believe right now is the most important thing that you have right now. And he's doing this in a time when Jairus mind and emotions are being shaken to their core. And this is what I want to get at today, is, is, is the fact that, that um, many times we, we, we will, you know, we know that we're supposed to take captivity of every thought, right, to the obedience of Christ. We know that. Um, and, and so we will, you know, we'll allow the Word to come in and, and, and challenge thoughts, and we'll go, oh, we think this way, and, and the Word says this, so we're going to think this way now. But we don't allow that same Word and that same belief to deal with our emotions. And and this is where this is where I see Jairus here. He is in a very emotional situation. He just heard his daughter was dead. 
Not like she's about to die. Not like, oh, it's getting close. You know, it, she, she's, she's on her last leg. That wasn't it. She has died. That's a finality to the human mind. There is a finality in, in this natural world when somebody says they are dead. It is done, final, end of discussion. But then Jesus says, it's not over yet. If you believe, don't be afraid. See, uh, fear is a, an emotion. Fear over uh, fear is an all-consuming emotion. When when you're afraid, when fear grips you like that, it uses your imagination and it begins to talk to you about what what is is happening or not happening. And it's fear is a very powerful emotion. And yet Jesus tells him, "Do not be afraid." I mean, th- this seems very unreasonable, right? This seems like a very unreasonable request of Jesus. Jairus is not born again. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He is walking in the old covenant. He is he is he is a man under the law and yet and yet Jesus says right in the middle of you hearing the worst news you could possibly hear, I'm telling you not to be afraid. This is huge. He goes, I'm telling you not to be afraid, and I'm telling you to only believe. And this tells me the power of the human will, that the power of the human will can choose what we believe, and it can choose what we feel. And this is something that, man, people wrestle with, and they don't wrestle, let me put it this way, I'm going to say it pretty strong, people have fought me about this. Okay, because they honestly, it's 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 because there is such a pride tied to emotion, and people want the right to feel what they want to feel, and I know that's strong, and I'm gonna I I don't really care because I want people free. Jesus, he you know if if he were to come up to somebody today in today's society who just lost a loved one, and Jesus says, I don't want you to be afraid right now. I don't want you to give into your emotions right now. I want you to believe right now. He would be thought of as being so insensitive, so callous, what a jerk, being so unreasonable. How dare he challenge the right of this person who 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 is is going through this emotional crisis and trauma? Yet this is the this is Jesus walking in love, right? He only says what he hears the Father say. He only does what he sees with what he sees his Father do. And so in this moment, he heard the Father tell him to say to Jairus, "Do not be afraid, but only believe." And he did it immediately when he heard words, because if we allow words to 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 you know go around in our mind long enough, then they they begin to, to grab a hold of strongholds. They begin to 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 to, to plant roots down inside. They they get stronger. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, hey, no, no, no. There's something here that will be stronger than your feelings. It's your belief. And we need to understand that belief is what will actually dethrone feelings. But if we still value those feelings. Hurt and pain, then we're never going to actually yield to the belief that's available to us. That's why I said last time that belief is humility. We will humble our mind to to, to Jesus. You know, most of the time we we should do it all the time. But I, just to be honest, most people don't humble their mind very much to Jesus. But we'll humble thoughts to Jesus. But many times people will not humble their emotions to Jesus. And He's asking Jairus, you humble that emotion right now, and you only believe. You do not mix the two. Don't try to believe and be in, in fear at the same time. And I'm not trying to put condemnation on people if if they if they get into fear. I'm just saying there's an option here. There is an option that Jesus made available right here, and he tells this to an unsaved, carnal, uh, uh, you know, uh, person under the law, not even somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit yet. And and yet he's saying hey, there there is a, a an ability to actually allow belief to rise up 
in the time of emotion and begin to tell you what to feel right now. And this is this is a, a paramount thing to me that we understand that that what what belief does. Okay, belief fuels every thought and feeling that we currently have. And so uh, when if I'm having a feeling, it's because I believe something about the situation. If I'm having a thought, it's because I believe something about the situation. Um, it's And I, I, I use this illustration all the time because I just think it's the simplest one to use. But if two people are walking down the road and a dog comes up to them and one person is afraid of dogs and the other person loves dogs, then... Uh, that person coming—I mean, that dog coming up to them—to those two people standing side by side have a dog come up to them, and those two people standing by side by side are having a totally different experience, right? One person starts freaking out in fear because this dog has come up to them because they're afraid of dogs, and the other person is happy and and going to pet the dog and is just having having a great experience because they love dogs so much. See, that dog doesn't carry with it the ability to shoot out fear rays on people, right? It doesn't have that ability. That's not, Dogs don't have that. Dogs come up, and our belief about the dog determines our feeling, experience, and thoughts about that dog. And so if I believe that dogs are dangerous, then, I, then my thought comes up and says, beep, 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 danger. And now suddenly my, 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 my thoughts begin to tell me that I need to take action. I need to back off. I need to protect myself. I need to run away maybe. I don't know. But your thoughts will begin to tell you things based on an, uh, based on a belief that you have. And that same belief will cause you to feel fear. And now the dog is not causing any fear. And that dog, the same dog is not causing joy in the person next to them. Uh, it's that person's belief that dogs are fun and dogs love people and dogs are not dangerous and dogs are a gift to humanity. See, that person's belief about dogs is causing their uh, thoughts and responses and feelings, just like it is a person who's in fear. Our thoughts and our feelings and our and our responses toward any given situation come from our belief about that situation. And that is huge for us to know, that, that there is no circumstance on this earth that can, by design, cause me to feel a certain thing. You know, Jesus was in, very, in, in many situations that we would perceive as dangerous, but he felt no fear, right? He, he actually rebuked the disciples when they woke him up on the boat, Right? And once again, sounds very unreasonable. These are fishermen, not all of them were, but several of them were fishermen by trade. And when, when a fisherman is afraid on a boat, then you have a pretty good reason to be afraid. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus stands up and says, Where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? He literally is confounded by their fear because he's going, You shouldn't even be afraid of this situation. Because situations inherently don't have the ability innately to produce fear. It's our belief about the situation that is producing a feeling or a thought process. And so so our belief is so strong that we can, by our own choice, attach our will to a different belief, and it can change the way we feel about something. It can change the way we think about something. And But if we don't believe that that's possible, then it will remain impossible to us. And this is something, I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, when I was 12 years old, 
I, uh, me and my sister, uh, uh, my older sister, Nikki, she's, she was a great sister growing up and, um, and she still is a great sister. I'm not saying that, but, uh, but growing up, she's, she's, uh, she's four years older than me. And she, she just really was very maternal and just, uh, was just a great sister. And so, um, anyway, one day she decided when I was about 12, I think to, she wanted to take me, we lived in Seaside, Oregon, a little tourist town. She wanted to take me downtown and, and walk around and have a day together. And she was going to buy me lunch and stuff like this or whatever. And just have a fun day. And for whatever reason, I did not wake up in a very good mood for whatever reason. And, uh, and so I was choosing that day just to have a bad mood to be sour, you know, that day. And, um, and so we're walking downtown and uh, I remember right where we were, we were over by, uh, the Broadway bridge there. And, um, and so, uh, and she just stops and we, we'd been out for a little while, not very long, you know, and, and she stops and she just said, you know, she goes, I don't have to take you out today. If you're going to have a bad mood, if you're going to be in a bad mood, if you're going to have a bad time, then I'll just go home. I don't need to spend money on you today. Uh, but you can make a choice, you know, whatever you want to do today. And you understand, I'm 12 years old. I wasn't saved. I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I didn't have the Holy Spirit in me. And and she just, she made that statement. And honestly, it kind of made me mad because of my pride came up, right? And so I was defending my position inwardly. And so um, uh, so she, she just walks away. And I, I stood there for a half a second, and I realized, at 12 years old, I realized I have a decision to make. I can choose how I feel right now. I woke up today for no reason. There's no reason at all. And even if there was a reason, you can choose it. You understand? You can choose to change. Jairus had a, a very good reason to feel afraid, and the disciples had a very good reason to feel afraid in that boat, but Jesus tells them not to. And if Jesus tells them not to, it's because they have it in them to change that. And so... So and it's not about suppressing feelings. It's not about even viewing feelings as the enemy. It's not about all that. It's not suppressing and putting down feelings and just sucking it up. It's about realizing who we are and choosing to believe something else and actually taking authority over our place in the earth in that moment. That's what it's about. It's not about smashing them down so we're all repressed and weird. You know, That's not it. That's not healthy. But what we have to do is realize, I have a feeling based on a belief. What am I believing right now? If I change my belief, I can just change my attitude. And so that day at 12 years old, I, in a moment, now first I had pride. First I was defending my position. First I felt like I had, I had a right to feel the way I wanted to feel, bless God. And I have a right to feel this way because of whatever, whatever. And so, but I, but I have a logical mind. And so my logical mind said, you're depriving yourself of some fun today because of nothing. Just choose to feel something else. And so I did. At 12 years old, I chose to just change my attitude entirely. And I went and I caught up with my sister and we had a great day. But that day taught me so much. Much. I wasn't even born again yet, and I learned a huge lesson that day about my emotions and about my beliefs and how, okay, I can, and now at that time, I didn't know it had to do with belief. I just knew that I had the ability to change my attitude, and, but now uh, when I got to be saved, I began to, to, to go over the things of God and get renewed in my mind and everything, then I realized, oh, it's a belief system. That's what it is, and so I just want you to see here that that we 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 grow up with an inherent belief system, and that's the problem: is that we we are believing something inherently based on the way that we have seen the people around us respond to situations. And so, you know, we grew, I grew up with my my mom and my stepdad and brothers and sisters and and the culture around me, and based on all of that input, I have an inherent belief system. And so it's it's like you know I tell people it's like, it's like um, you know when uh, when I when I pump gas, you know when I go and I get get gas and I I'm putting it in my car. Um, 
that gas, the 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 it says you know it has whatever octane, and 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 I'm putting it in my car. I believe that that is gasoline going in my car, and I don't have any proof of that. I don't have any proof other than. Um, the, the, other than the little thing on the pump that says what octane it is, it tells me it's this octane. It tells me it's gasoline, unleaded gasoline. It tells me that, but I've got no proof of that. But I believe, I believe to the degree that I don't, I don't actually take a, 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 a cup of, of gas. Like I don't take a cup filled with gas, go take it down somewhere and have it tested for gasoline and then come back and buy my gas. I actually believe so much that I actually prepay, right? I put my card in there. I prepay and I just believe it's going to be gas. And when I drive away, I'm not in shock and awe that it's gas. I actually just, it's just natural. Oh yeah, it's gas. Of course it's gas. But yet I'm only believing the little number on the pump. That's all I'm doing is believing that. The reason I believe that is because my mom believed that. It's because my stepdad believed that. It's because the people around me believe that. If I grew up in a culture that, that, that had to test everything, I'd be testing everything. If I had a, grew up in a culture that didn't believe anything around, I wouldn't believe anything. Because I'm just talking about before I got saved because there's an inherent belief system that we adopt. But then when we get saved, now the funny thing is that most people, they believe that little octane, that that 89 octane or 87 octane or whatever it is, they believe that more than they believe the Word of God. God speaks to us from His Word, but we're believing a number on a gas pump with assurance when we drive away, not even expecting anything but gasoline, but when we read the Word, we don't have that same amount of belief. You see, because we we are we are resting on an inherent belief system instead of a purposed belief system. A purposed belief system requires humility. An inherent belief system doesn't. An inherent belief system is something that I inherited from the culture around me. And so we are believing something all the time right now, but I want to ask you how much of it is inherited versus how much of it is purposed. When we purpose uh, to, to believe something, we allow our mind to get retra- retrained and we're doing it from a heart that's already been freed, okay? But when we're only living in an inherited belief system and we're not challenging that system, the Wright brothers had to challenge a system. You know, Henry Ford, uh, you know, producing all these cars, had to challenge a system. Uh, Steve Jobs with the iPhone had to challenge a system. He couldn't go on an inherent, an inherent belief system, and we can't either. If we're going to walk in the promises of God, we have an inherited we have an inherent ability to believe but we have to purpose what we believe and so if if we have an attitude about something or if we feel fear about something or if we feel you know this and this and this or if we just have bad you know responses to things challenge that belief what is it that you believe that's producing that feeling and that response and then challenge that with the word of god and say no the word of god says this and therefore this is true and everything else is a lie if the word says I'm healed, then the symptom is, even though it's a fact, it's still lying to me saying I'm not healed. And understand, we are we are tied to the word of God and to the spirit of God. We're one spirit with the Lord. There is no separation between us and the Father. And, and therefore, everything that's his is ours, and everything that's ours is his. But we are, our belief has to begin to, to, to get to that level where we challenge what we inherently believe, and we choose to purpose to believe certain things. And that's when we begin to challenge 
challenge our responses. We begin to challenge our feelings and our attitudes. We begin to challenge our thought processes. And that's when so easily those strongholds will come down. The moment we challenge them, they will come down because the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And the cycles that we've seen in our life and the and the, the just the, the, the ordinary life that we live will become supernatural as we choose to challenge those inherent belief systems. Father, we just thank you for that right now. We just thank you for your word. Give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.